Welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast.
God, we get the sense that you are near us, all around, that you've been with us from the beginning, pursuing us today all the way to these pews to speak to us, embrace us, correct us. We pray that you'll accomplish your will for each of us with the singing and the hearing of your word today. In Christ we pray. Amen. Some of you may have noticed someone came, a tie thief, and stole Bobby's and Steve's and my tie. Her name was Summer. She does that from time to time and stole some of our folks onto vacation. So we wish them a happy vacation today. Well, if you're old enough, you have, I'm sure, experienced some pains and troubles in life. Some of you more than others. Some of you may be struggling with those pains today. Apparently no one gets through life without some pain and trouble. And if you haven't yet, just hang around because they're coming. I've had my share. I know that some of us who have gone through these have surely asked the questions. In the midst of the pain, where are you, God? Why have you left me all alone? Some of us will feel guilty about asking this. But believe it or not, it isn't blasphemy. It isn't irreverence to feel like God has taken a leave of absence, gone on vacation. In fact, some of the most devoted, most faithful people have accused God of taking a break in the midst of their most urgent hour. King David was one of those people. King David, the Bible calls a man after God's own heart, wrote in Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, but find no rest. Notice though, he isn't questioning God's existence. Those who experience God's absence or the sense that God has abandoned them. They're not atheists. In fact, they're people of great faith. Believing so deeply that God is everywhere, that God can not lose us. That God, who cannot be seen or heard, as we cry out, the person who trusts in God to be there, the one who expects God to be with us, hurt enough, will complain to God. I heard a preacher give the, this blessing once. He says, it is okay to complain to God as long as your complaint is honest, 
and from the heart. But it does not make you an atheist or a weak believer. Lewis Smedes paraphrased Psalm 139. He put it this way. And as you know, Psalm 139 is attributed to King David. When I feel as if I'm going over the edge, the bottom is falling out beneath me. I'll not be afraid because you, O oh God, will be there to hold me up when I fall. When I am lost in the dark and can't find my way, and I'm afraid I'm going to stumble and break my neck, you, O oh God, will take my hand and lead me through, even when life is hell on earth. I trust you. I trust you to be there. I trust you to be there with me, and you will not let me down. David, who felt abandoned by God, also trusted that God was with him, even as far as the difficult places in life. The point here is not that God is everywhere and that God is all-powerful. We believe that. God is omnipotent, omniscient. Those are true ideas. But merely to believe that God is always there and everywhere and is able doesn't give us much help. It doesn't give us real help because these doctrines of omniscience and omnipotence, true ideas, true doctrines, but they don't tell us what God does, how God acts, the lengths God will go for us and with us. Francis Thompson, after reading Psalm 139, came away with a more fitting picture of God he calls the Hound of Heaven. I like the app, maybe Life 360. But the Hound of Heaven, like a hound dog, God pursues us, tracking us, picking up our scent, and God doesn't stop until we're found. In fact, if we live long enough to experience some trials and trouble in life, we can count not only on God being everywhere and pursuing us, but maybe even feeling smothered by such overwhelming help. Listen, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, if I make my bed in the underworld, if I take the wings of the morning and fly far away, if I say, surely darkness will hide me from the presence of God. Question, why would anyone want to flee from God? Why would anyone who's feeling abandoned and distressed about being far from God, how could we ever wish to run away from God. Because there's pain in both. The presence of God and in the absence of God. I heard it put this way by someone. I can't remember who. But he or she said, when I was a teenager, I was like many teens today. Maybe like many of you were or are. I don't know what age it was when I noticed that my parents were always in my business. 
You know what I mean? Seems like I couldn't listen to my music. They weren't asking, what are you listening to? Felt like I couldn't go out with my friends. They weren't asking where I was going and what I was going to do. Telling me where I couldn't go or what I could not do. And somehow I thought when I was out of their reach, it was still as though they were riding as close as in my back seat. It's like that story I told last Sunday for those who weren't here. Visiting preacher at a church invited by his friend to go out and look at the church facility. They went out and looked at this magnificent building, beautiful, gothic style, tall spire. At the top of that spire, where there should have been some stained glass, there was plywood. The visiting preacher said to his friend, what happened? He said, well, the people of town asked us to cover it up. He said, well, what was it? What was the stained glass of the eye of God, you know, like on the back of the dollar bill, and it lights up at night, and you can see it from all over town, at school, the shopping mall, all over. And they asked us if we didn't mind to, to cover that up. He said, well, why did they ask that? He said, well, you know, the people, wasn't though they didn't believe in God. It's just they didn't want God seeing them all the time. When I was 16 or 17, I was driving home from a friend's house one weekend night. It was about 11 o'clock. I was running late getting home. There was this four-way stop in the middle of nowhere, outside my hometown, no street lights. It was a gravel road in the middle of nowhere, did I mention? So I decided in a hurry I wouldn't come to a complete stop at the stop sign. I would just yield through it, right? The officer that stopped me, who didn't appreciate my logic, gave me a warning. And true to Bobby's story, when I got home, first thing my dad asked me was, why didn't you stop at the stop sign? It was like they had eyes everywhere, their ears everywhere, always watching and listening, always with me, waiting for me to slip up, even though I fled and tried to conceal my actions in darkness. Oh, Lord, you search me and know me. You know when I sit down, you know when I stand up. You know my thoughts from far away. You know where I go and where I sleep. You know all my ways, all my words before I speak them. You hem me in behind and before. Now that word hem in the original is sir, T-S-U-R. And it carries the sense of confinement, of being besieged and protected, being hemmed in can feel like imprisonment. You get the idea, the closeness of God, the hound of heaven is always pursuing us, that it can be felt like a suffocating presence of a God who's always in our business, 
we have a bad attitude or a bad thought crosses our minds or a bad word happens to slip out of our mouths. And so we feel defenseless, utterly vulnerable in the presence of a God who knows us better than we know ourselves. In fact, the theologian Paul Tillich says, no one wants to be known. We don't even want to know ourselves. We are afraid we may not like what we find. And so we just want some space, just some freedom to mess up, which is how it feels when you're the child. That's how it feels when you're the child. But what if you're the parent? If you're the parent, it can be different. Lately, I've noticed with some excitement, some new phases, new loves, new interests my sons are talking about. You've heard them too, probably. Dinosaurs, quantum physics, yeah. Dragons, Pokemon, black holes, reptiles, drawing, everything a six-year-old and an 11-year-old would be into, I guess. As a parent, I know what brings them joy. I know what makes their eyes sparkle, what makes them laugh. I get enjoyment from that, too. I know what foods they like and dislike. I know what makes them scared and what makes them cry. I know that they enjoy some things that are more dangerous than others. I can see disaster before it happens. At this stage, they love when their parents hang out with them in their room, snuggling a little more, a little more at night. They love hugs and wrestling. Our attention is not stifling to them yet. They love that we are always with them. As a parent, I love it. I'm not in their business because I want to suffocate them or because I'm waiting for them to make a mistake or to scold them when they mess up. I'm close to them because I love them. I want to know everything they say, their reactions, the things they enjoy, because it thrills me. They amaze me, and they need me. And if imperfect mortals can love their children... How much more can God, a perfect parent, love us? So in that sense, what if God feels absent? Long ago, another young man took a path that led to some danger. In fact, it was a path that brought an untimely early death. He prayed the same prayer King David, he said, my God, my God, where are you? 
Why have you left me? And it felt to him too that God had taken a leave of absence in his most urgent time. Do you know what happened after he asked God that question? Do you know what he heard? Nothing. Silence. He died without an answer from God. Three long days later, as the morning sun was rising, before the city had awakened, silently, the hand of God reached into the grave, touched the man who died without an answer, giving him vitality and life pulsing through him once again. Energy filling his lungs, power coursing through his body, and Jesus was alive. No word spoken, to our knowledge, not a word whispered to answer his question. But what really mattered was that God acted. God answers by acting. Pursuing us as far as the grave, getting into the grave with Christ, without a word bringing him home. And the hardest part of all of that is it took time. You may feel like God isn't there. You may feel like your complaints and your questions aren't being answered. So go ahead and ask them. If they're honest and they're true. But after you do, then wait. Don't be in a hurry. It may take some time. You may never get a word. Because God, like a loving parent, cares when we are in danger pursues our every step, listens to our every thought, enjoys what makes us happy, feels our pain when we're hurting, we can be certain that God will come like the hound of heaven and track us down and pick up our scent. In the highs and the lows, in the nears and the fars, in the lights and the dark. There is nothing God won't do. No place God won't reach. No length God won't go. No cross God won't climb in order to be with us. So wherever you sit, wherever you stand, whatever you think, whatever you speak, wherever you rise, wherever you sleep, wherever And whenever we worship or travel, whether we run to this sanctuary or we're running away from it, God today is pursuing you and me. How does that make you feel? Pray with me, please.
God, there are times when we would just like some space to mess up. Some room to sow our wild oats. Some space. And there are times we really want to know you're near us. Thank you that regardless how we feel, you're there. Reminding us of your love and your care in the silence acting for us. Give us the patience to see it, to trust it, to know it is a for love is all for love. In your name we pray, Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Baltimore Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Please like, review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you have any questions, please submit them through the Anchor app. Or join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. right in our own Broadmoor Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Otherwise, I hope you have a good week.